0: welcome ladies and gentlemen uh this is uh, going to be an interesting introduction to this week of the show um I am your host Carl Duty. with me as always is uh drew Celestino and normally we uh we kind of fire on into the show uh saying tone making some jokes laughing it just. Uh, with the events this past weekend in Charlottesville and everything that's transpired and come to light since then, it just didn't seem appropriate to start the show in our normal fashion. Um, it didn't seem respectful, for lack of a better term. Uh, we're gonna get there. Don't worry. We are. This show is ultimately uh, entertainment and yeah uh, we we enjoy what we talk about we enjoy uh making each other laugh and hopefully making you guys laugh uh we appreciate you coming back to us every week um uh typically i'm not a person who makes uh political statements on like facebook or twitter or the internet in that regard um, i think it 's just kind of shouting in the static for the most part, um, but i felt uh, I felt very uh, convicted that if I have a microphone in front of me to say something with everything that 's happened, uh, it would be disrespectful to to many to not uh, address what went on in the in this country this past weekend and it just in a lot of ways feels like it's a a boiling point of what's been happening over the past year or so and just like systematic uh, systematic of so many things that while i i feel deep down we are a great country we do still have many problems that we like to ignore on a daily basis And sometimes, I mean, those problems aren't going to be ignored. And we had what we had happen. Obviously, I'm sure all of you know what happened uh, this past weekend. Um, I don't want to mince words. Uh, this, This past weekend was not about freedom of speech. In my opinion, this past weekend was about hatred and bigotry and racism and just the the absolute ugliness of, of human beings. Um, and it's tough. It's, it's tough to see things that, uh, what, what people refer to as the greatest generation? And I agree with that fought and died for it to defeat and in many ways did defeat, but it's tough to see, a lot of that still alive and well today and thriving. Um, great thing about the internet and social media is that everybody has a voice. The bad thing about the internet and social media is that everybody has a voice. Um, but to, to kind of bring it back to the show, to quote, uh, the first issue of Avengers. And there was a day like any other when heroes, came united against the common enemy, and there were definitely uh, heroes there that day, not heroes in in the way we the way we think of them traditionally, uh, but there were people who decided to stand on a line and say what you 're doing is wrong, and i 'm here to oppose you now you can argue, you can debate, you can shout to the heavens about methods and how different things were done um, but ultimately there were there were people there to stop the the march of hatred, and they are heroes and it's in that spirit that I want to dedicate this show this episode to the memory of Heather Hayer who who just saw something bad happening and decided to do something about it. And I, a lot of times I wish I had that kind of courage, but she went down there and then some racist piece of slime gets behind a wheel and decides to mow a bunch of people down. And unfortunately Heather lost her life. The the halls of heroes are far too filled with martyrs, and Heather didn't need to be added to that number, but she is, and we're dedicating the show to her. I, I, I promise you folks, we're going to get to the laughs. don't worry, um, but we just wanted to take a moment. And address what happened again, we didn't feel that it was appropriate to start the show the way we normally do um so that's that's what I've got to say about it. Drew, is there anything you want to add?
1: Ah uh, cool. quite a bit, but I don't want to boil over um I'm glad you decided that we should do this. I totally agree, and i'm i uh totally echo everything that you just said, and it's been bothering me for. The duration of the weekend this has been kind of building up and it's not just the fact that we're living in america in 2017 and we have nazis marching around yeah. um that if that's not can we, horrific can we at least enough get together that on the idea that nazis are bad i think we established that yeah, yeah. um yeah i'm pretty sure we definitely established that we, we fought this whole war about it and everything too yeah. and you know um so that's that's that's, gr- that's grotesque enough and then that they're given a platform, you know, freedom of speech. Hey, I get it. Yeah. it cuts. That's both fine. Ways. Cuts both ways. But um, they have a platform and then violence breaks out because, of course, it does, because that's what they want. Yeah. And then on top of that, you've got in 2017, white people beating black people with sticks, trying to kill them. And then someone driving a car to a mob of people and killing someone over it. People standing against Nazis. In 2017, in America, I'm disgusted. I'm outraged. And then that kind of just compounds the fact. And you know what? We don't dip our toes too deeply into either side of the pool on this show. I mean, I know where we stand. And I'm pretty sure our listeners kind of know where we stand, too. But I'm just going to... I don't care anymore, man. Our president's a disgrace. I'm disgusted. He's a disgrace. And if you support him, you're a disgrace. I don't care if I lose listeners saying that. That statement he gave was a crock. Total joke. And the only reason he said it is because the only people he has left backing him with his dwindling support are those racist scumbags that put him in office. He knew exactly what he was saying and exactly what he wasn't saying. And then two days go by, and he reads off a piece of paper with zero motion. Yep. Finally, he says the words, I denounce neo-Nazis and the KKK and yada yada. But then today, because that that lame statement wasn't bad enough, today he gives a press conference and tries to lay blame on both sides. Again, he doubles down because this guy's ego is so infantile, he can't possibly... Be wrong, so he's going to double down on his words. It's it's grotesque. It's grotesque. We've got horrific hate groups in this country that are now being backed by the president of the United States. Essentially, they're emboldened by him. It's it's gross, and I'm sickened by it. And I'm I've been really pent up today over this, to be honest with you. And it's just been building and building and building. Uh, my my tension level. Did uh, you ever see the burbs? Yeah, Tom Hanks. Of course, great the the, the the great scene when they're all in the Klopex house. <laughs> Is that Slavic. <laughs> no, um, about a nine on the tension scale there, Rube. That's me right now. <laughs> I'm about a nine on the tension scale today. So, I
0: love Brewster.
1: Yeah, um, I'm 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 mad. And in the words of uh, of, of Heather, uh, if you're not outraged, you're not you're not looking. You're yeah. not. You're not awake. You're not trying. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I got that quote wrong, and I apologize. But yeah. I'm just. That was her yeah. last thing she posted on social media. If you're not. If you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. And that's. Well, look where we are. Yeah. You Better. You better get out. You better get outraged because this is where we are now, and it's just really sickening. And uh, I'm. I'm just. I don't know. I. I'm out of words, dude. I'm. I'm really, really affected, and it's making me. <laughs>
0: i think ah. I think just the best way to summarize it is nothing good has ever come from hate. nothing no. good has ever come from hating another person because of their color of their skin or their ethnic background. Nothing good has ever come from not helping each other i mean i'm I'm gonna say something here, and you know some of you might snicker and everything, um but it's I mean, yes, it is technically a quote, but I'm not using it as a quote. Uh, But seriously, people just be excellent to each other. I mean, it's not enough just to be good to each other anymore. Just help one another lift each other up. If you see someone who needs help, help them just be common civilness to each other. It's it doesn't take much. Just I mean, hold the door for somebody. We're all frustrated. We're all simple stuff. I mean, if you're not frustrated, if you're not upset, then, you know, and if you're happy about the events of this past weekend, then you're on the wrong side. I'm sorry. There are moral absolutes. And the moral absolute here is that Nazis are bad.
1: Yeah, pretty sure.
0: And it's if Indiana just, Jones hates them. Yeah, they're bad. Exactly. Um. So just not to make light, but yeah, I it's have to, I have to. We, somehow. we do because we got to get we got to get back to what we're here to do. Um. But just help out one another love each other uh just we can be better we have to be
1: better (sighs) yes yes we do and again it doesn't take much hold the door for somebody uh help somebody with any i don't care what it is just little things invite someone over i I don't know (laughs) Just anything. Say hello on the street for God's sake. Talk. Talk to somebody. Please, just talk. Communicate. Put your phone down for a a nanosecond and just acknowledge the person sitting across from you or or whatever. Just accept the possibility that you may be wrong about something
0: and that new information can change your mind. And don't be offended if someone presents an idea to you that you don't like. Just talk to them about it. There's no reason to hate them. You don't have to agree with them. You can have a, discu- a civil discussion about it and part friends.
1: Unless they're a Nazi, in which case, run away. Well, no, you know what? No, don't run away. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. I'm not saying you got to confront them physically, but ideologically, just you can you yeah. can stand there by, and, and, by no and no know means are that we are, are we encouraging what we no. saw.
0: Stand on the line. Violence isn't the answer. Violence is not the answer. Um,
1: so yeah, all I can say is, but my last word on this is like I I I really truly hope this is just the last gasp of a small dying generation. I really hope that's the case, and I hope that younger people growing up in the world that we've been growing up in—that's—we they're looking at this and just going, "What a joke!" And we don't believe that. I really hope that's the case. And I and part of me believes it is. Knowing certain young people, having young family members, you know, it's... I hope. At the same time, the events of the weekend have kind of shown me like, well, you know what? It might not be as dying as you think it is. And that gives me pause. So, be excellent to each other. Take care of each other. And if you, if you see hatred and Vile oppression, stand your ground and say no. Cause that's that's the yeah. least you can do. Be
0: subject to one another, serve one another, because
1: that's how we grow, that's how we get better.
0: Alright, so Whew. that being said, Heather, this one is for you. <gasps> Alright, let's get to our opening statement. Sir, yes. everything we just discussed aside, yes. how was your week?
1: Well, aside from that. <laughs> Um, it's been okay. Um, some good, good stuff, uh, going on right now. Uh, boy, oh, boy. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. Oh, by the way, we had that whole threat of like, you know, possible nuclear confrontation happening. Oh, they're too. back down Yeah. Well, we knew that was <laughs> going to was happen, it. but at least they did because I'm not so <laughs> sure that, uh, Dunce, Dunce they're, Trump w- would have. They're um, adorable. Yeah, so are we. Um, <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, so we had game night yet again. Yes, game night. New, game, a new game. New yeah. game. Terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars. What'd you think of it? I enjoyed it. Uh, took a long. Took a long time. Yeah. First time. Yes. Key
0: things were left out th- in the initial. Th- eh, we, which is common whenever you play a new it game. It happens. But Once we I was left with the f- a whole pile of heat
1: at yeah, the end we, of the game. <laughs> rule omission. Well, rule unclear rules were not made clear. Yeah. Um. But uh, and that night, I had I had no strategy when we first started. Kinda, well, no, yeah, it's just so having if we played it again, whole different ball game. Yeah, um, I like it. I think we could uh, definitely cut the play time down now that we all kind of know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, well, even
0: still, even with cutting the play down, it's probably about an hour and a half, two it's hour game.
1: Easy, oh, it's on the box. It says it's it's, it's a uh, yeah. ninety minute to a two hour game. Oh, it, it totally is. I I liked it.
0: I had two two minor quibbles with it. Okay. The first one is I would have liked a little more player interaction. You like the wheel and deal?
1: <coughs> it's not Wood so, for sheep,
0: man. No, no, it's not so much that. Just like <laughs> so on, like yes, maybe some of that, but like on some more level because as much as i was enjoying it there was kind of like a window of time where it just got to a point where i'm just kind of shifting cubes around and it got a little boring
1: well yeah you you build your engine and then you got to kind of manage it um and that is really the crux of the game yeah uh there were cards that did see i think what would helped. that was there, my, that was my second there were cards that did have screw other player attributes yeah, to them but there weren't a ton of them. not a ton of them yeah a couple
0: more would have been more fun yeah but my my second minor quibble about the game is that the game itself is gorgeous, yeah. except for the cards. And that's the thing you're looking at the most. the, the It's not yeah. that the cards are bad-looking. It's just that they don't line up with the aesthetic of the rest of the game. No, I And on not. the cards, it's like, make up your mind. Do you want to use badly drawn hand art, or do you want to use clip art off the internet? Because well, used- you're using both. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Pick one, go with it. You spent, you know... It's been all this money to make this great board and these other great components. Why did you skimp on the thing that we're going to be using the most?
1: Well, so, but yeah, I mean, that was good. Oh, Fun I, game. I did overall enjoy it though. Um, Saturday was interesting. Um, so, uh, we are trying out a new drummer in the long, cold, dark. He was going berserk out there, by the way. Um, and it's a familiar face for us. Um, it's someone that Jason and I go go way back with. Okay. And uh, it it was no worries. Go way backland on me. That's right. Um, it's good, man. Uh, it 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 was it was really good, and uh, I'm I'm really hopeful that it it works because uh, it it just has a good feel. Like this is how it needs this is how it should be a feel right brian yeah i feel right kind of like that (laughs) um so yeah that was really good i'm i i definitely uh that was a bright spot to my saturday I, i was left with uh some really positive vibes out of that and then um watched two episodes of mystery science theater uh nice back to back which was fantastic so uh the new season is great as you know i've already already Go on, on on record, I haven't finished it yet. Obviously, because I'm taking my time and just yeah, kind of. I, I her, usually yeah. watch it with uh, with Jason. He comes over and we you know hang out and watch Mystery Science Theater. So, uh, yeah, I'm still enjoying the hell out of the show, and um, I'm just chomping at the bit for uh, the next season announcement. Hopefully, that happens. I can't imagine it wouldn't. They're yeah. on the, they're on the live tour right now. I wish it was coming to Buffalo, but alas, it's not cause anywhere nothing... close to Buffalo. No. no. <laughs> no. <All right. laughs> um, and I didn't. You know, I can't just. Uh, on a whim, go to New York City for the Mystery Science Theater live tour like I could for the Nine Inch Nails show. I could! I was about but, to say, yes, yes, you can. You already have. But it's not quite as uh, epic as, as getting a Nine Inch Nails ticket for a hidden show that was never announced and yada yada. So mm. anyway, um, yeah, that was Saturday. Sunday, um, uh, oh, also, I, well, it was also a wrestling-filled weekend. So I'll, just, I'll keep it brief, as brief as I can anyway. So um, the G1 Climax Tournament has been going on. Um and Saturday morning, uh, well Friday and Saturday were the block finals. Okay, so the the G one has a block and B block, eight eight guys per block. Yeah. So the it's a point system. You get you know X amount of points for a win, next amount of points for a loss, yada yada. So the finals were were this weekend, leading into the final on Sunday. So um, I knew that Naito won the A block final or which whichever block he was in. Naito won his block. Um, I did not get a chance to watch his match with Tanahashi uh, in in his block final, but I did know Saturday morning I was going to wake up, and I knew because Japan in Japan this this happens at like two a.m. Eastern Standard Time yeah. for for us. So I knew if I woke up Saturday morning, uh, it was already Saturday night. The, the event had already gone by in Japan, and I knew Kenny Omega was taking on Okada in his block final, and Okada. Uh was six, one and one in his in the block. Kenny was six and two in the block. Kenny had to win to advance. Mm. So Kenny Saturday morning, morning, I'm watching Kenny versus Okada three. Thirty minute time limit in in the in the G one matches. Yeah. Okay. I'm a thirty-five year old man. He I is. am yelling at my screen like a child, nice. jumping out of my chair at moments in this match. As good as their previous two matches. I, the, 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 these guys are having the year... I, I don't know that any wrestlers on the planet ever have had this kind of stretch of just mind-blowing performances. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's so, ridiculous. It's, it's it's steamboat flare level, probably higher, just due to the athleticism. So, was and the this, stakes.
0: Was this match kind of the final nail in the coffin of you watching WWE?
1: <sighs> Basically, <laughs> <laughs> Kenny won. By the way, Woo! jumped out of my chair. Kenny made the G1 final. Kenny Omega versus Naito for the for the G1 climax final. The winner of the final gets. A title shot at Wrestle Kingdom in January, so it'd be possibly Omega Okada. Four. Well, we have a long way to go, and despite an absolutely amazing match on Sunday against Naito, Kenny did not win. Mm. Naito is going to the final or to to, to the to the, to, to the dome. No so, love for the Gaijin. Oh, Kenny. Kenny gets love. love. Let's not forget, Kenny is still the United States champion. He is still the, the, basically the, the face that they are using for the international expansion of the whole company. Yeah. And let's not also forget that Kenny beat Okada in the G1 block, which basically informally guarantees him a shot at Okada whatever he wants. It's a, it's a respect thing. If, yeah. you, if you beat the champ, you get, the, you get to call him out for a title shot mm-hmm. at a, You know when you want. Kenny might, for all we know, Kenny might walk into the Dome champion. It could happen. There are a couple events between now and the Dome. So Kenny Omega could very well be champ by the time he has to face Naito at the Dome. Ah, we don't know. We'll see. But uh, it was awesome. It was totally awesome. And um, Shibata came back. Okay. Remember the match with the guy who does the headbutts? Sure. And we don't. We we, we said he should really stop doing that. Well, yeah. That, yeah. well. Do you know what Head happened to Shibata? Was bad. Had trauma? Uh, he had a match against Okada. Okay. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. In the match, he headbutted Okada, because of course he did. Busted himself open. They're yep. Bleeding, because that's what headbutts will do to you. After the match, he goes to the back. As soon as he gets to the back, he immediately collapses. Oh. He had a subdural hematoma. He was paralyzed on half of his body. Oh. He was partially blinded. He's in bad shape. This was a couple months ago. He was in bad shape. Reports have been, you know, his recovery steady, but you know, it's coming from Japan, so it's yeah. kinda you're relying on a lot of mixed reports. I, no one knew what was gonna happen. The the young bucks lost the junior tag belts, sad panda. As soon as everyone clears the ring, Shibata's music plays. Japanese crowds are are typically very reserved. Yeah. This place went berserk. Lost their minds. When um, Shibata, comes, Shibata comes out, he looks like 60 pounds lighter, by the way. Like He, yeah. he lost a lot of weight because he hasn't well, recovered. Yeah. Shibata comes out. Women in the crowd are crying. Men are crying. Going nuts for him to come in. Yeah. He, he gets in the ring. He gets in the ring. He's crying. He takes a flat back bump in the middle of the ring just because. And then he sits down in his pose in the middle of the ring. And he just puts his hands over his face. And it's, it was insane. The crowd went. Zerk. I assume he's retiring. Um, that's well, that's where it gets a little murky because he grabs the mic. He said uh, he said two very quick things and then he that he left and the, to the crowd that was still going nuts. Uh, translation, I guess, was "I'm still alive." That is all. And then he threw the mic down and left. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but this guy's nuts enough to probably try and come back. But. I, if he thinks he can, it's that's his prerogative and as long as he never does a headbutt ever again, I'm I'm okay. Um I, I might prefer he doesn't, but either way, um I've never ever seen a Japanese crowd go that ape. It was crazy. Are the
0: it's crazy are the managers and promoters of New Japan as scrupulous and
1: soulless as wrestling promotions everywhere are pretty soulless um but like would they let him they probably would they probably would let him come back if he think if he thought he could do it they'd probably let him come back um again as long as i never see him headbutt anyone ever again and he thinks he can handle it then that's on him i'm not going to tell a guy not to do what you know he thinks he can do but never headbutt anyone ever again please 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 no, please ever. Thank you, Shabbat. I'm I'm glad to see you, pal. Don't headbutt anything anymore. Anyway, that was basically it. Uh, that brings us to here. Yeah, Raw was last night. I don't I don't care. <laughs> Summer Slam is Sunday, and I couldn't be bothered. So yeah, hi. hi hi. That's the week. How you doing? I'm doing good. Okay. Um,
0: it was it was a good weekend. Like I mentioned, game night Friday night. Um. Uh, Saturday. X-Wing? Uh, X-Wing happenings? X-Wing was Thursday. Okay. Thursday night is usually X-Wing night. How'd you fare? Um, how'd I do? I did, I lost both games I played in. I was trying out new stuff. Okay. You know, and I learned. Um, I finally found a weakness in my Wookiee build, which is... Did you bend the Wookiee? No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: working.
0: <laughs> no, I actually, I was going against, up against a five ship build. Oh, okay. With my two ships. That sounds like a bad idea. And it came down to one ship. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. So That's I impressive. Got, uh,
0: I got caught in a traffic jam and lost a lot of my actions. So that kind of, but ha- I'm confident had I not been lost actions for about three turns in a row, I probably would have been able to pull it out. That's impressive. It's a five ship build. Yeah, it's I mean, impressive. Typically with five ships, you've got some fairly fragile ships in there, which was the case. There are yeah. a couple of ships I just like one shot, took out. So um tournament this Saturday. All right. Good luck. So see how that goes. Um then this past Saturday uh start out the day with uh my my friend Jim. Uh his daughter who's Whose legal name is Raya, uh-huh. R-E-Y-A. I just call her Ray. I think he will, too. Uh, he does, too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> as, if I yeah. know him,
0: I, lo- like I, I think l- I do. I looked at Jim's wife, Carrie. I'm like, you realize I'm never going to call her Ray, don't you? Yeah. She's Ray. Yeah. Uh, it was her first birthday, so fun time there. And then Saturday night, I had... This still hurts to say. Uh-oh. I had my 20th High school reunion. Ah, uh,
1: yes, you were telling me on Friday at Resurgence Brewing. Yeah, did they truck it, in food for that? Yeah, what they bring in? Uh, it was it was decent. Did it, they say who it was that catered it or no? I don't know. Oh, Okay, yeah, because they don't they don't cook there. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Um, it was good. Good. It was a lot of fun. I I actually really enjoyed high school. Um, oh, <laughs> I had I had a, I went to Cardinal O'Hara. Go Hawks! I'm um, a Canisius boy. I know. Go Crusaders.
1: <laughs> yeah, but see, when I say it, I actually mean it. I, you know, this this might shock you, but um, I'm okay with with school I, pride. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not like Al Bundy in in, yeah, in yeah. really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't cling to high school glory Union like some peak people in high school, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I look back. Uh, it was it was hard, and I have a lot of things to say about the demographics of people that i was in school with yeah um but but having said that uh my teachers were great the education the education was was great and um you know i don't i definitely don't take that for granted yeah so it was, it was hard it was hard when i was there but looking back it yeah. was it was a good thing no hair was the uh, was the
0: same way a uh, small school yeah, there were yeah. seventy eight in my graduating class.
1: Yeah, about a hundred in mine, so, if that.
0: So small town mentality, everyone kinda knew everyone. Sure. It was good to see a lot of people again. It's fascinating to see where, you know, what direction lives are taken and whatnot. And, yeah. Uh, just hang out. Uh, with people, like I got one friend who is in Seattle now working for Amazon. Mm. Um, we were discussing the cost of living in Seattle. <laughs> Pretty high, I bet. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. I had a couple of beers. Good. Um, the one I can't remember. I had three beers. Uh, the first, the first one I had, I can't remember. <laughs> um, so I guess which it is because a- usually it- it happens, not remembering happens later. In it the night. must not have been memorable. Um, the other two I had, I stuck with their cosmic truth. I have heard of the Cosmic Truth. I don't know. The, I liked it. It okay. was good. I'm I'm in no way able to judge beers in the same way you are. So were, the beer, like, were the beers gratis, by the way? Were they just serve them? It or? came with the the ticket.
1: Oh, wait, yeah. You had drink had, tickets, essentially?
0: Had, no, no. We had two hours of open bar. Ah. Yeah. do they have the full tap selection? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah.
1: That's nice. Nice. So
0: I was just looking at them like, um, <laughs> Cosmic Truth's a cool name. I'll take that. should have texted me. I could have given you the breakdown. I just wanted a beer. I didn't want a lecture
1: well yeah. <laughs> I
0: could help yeah. good. so uh, that was a lot of fun uh It's was, it was good time, good seeing people again. um Sunday was just kind of a chill day, yeah, and then Monday, what did I do Monday? We went out, oh, so you've been to my house, you've been in my I have. you've been in my bathroom. Yes. Times. you know a monstrosity of a shelf i have like yeah. right above the you need you need storage i'm looking to replace that okay i'm looking to get like a cabinet that ah, yes. like mounts above the the toilet mm-hmm. in that space and just kind of get rid of that thing because it's such an eyesore yeah and it's impossible to keep clean sure it's a bad so yeah so i'm actually going to use that as a game shelf oh, okay for you know when we get that but spray it down first well, obviously. <laughs> um, so yeah, went out browsing. Found one I liked. Good. like. Good. 60 bucks. Didn't grab a X. Got a couple other places we want to check. But yeah, that cool. was that. Good deal. And I today guess. was today. And then and tomorrow night, Guns and Roses. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Good friend Brian is taking me down to Paradise City, so to speak.
1: Well... That probably um, sounded weird. Enjoy the immense. grass and keep your, eye off, keep, keep your eyes off the girls because you're, you're yeah, taking There's no. only one pretty girl I got. There you go. That's right. Good answer. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. That's our opening statements. Folks, if you want to tell us about your week. If you want to share some thoughts about what we talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, we're here to listen to you. If you want to send in some questions to us, I would be more than happy to read them on on the show. You can find us at the following locations. On Twitter, you can find us at Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Pod. You can email us at thedevilsdoPod at gmail.com, or you can find all this information on our website, TheDevilsDewPodcast.com. That being said, Drew, we have a question submission All right. From uh, Mr. J. Gelsomino. And before we get to Jay's questions, uh, we just want to pause, and Drew and I both want to offer our most heartfelt condolences to the Gelsomino family. Yeah. Uh, They lost one of their four-legged family members this past week. If you know anything about Drew and myself, if you have ears and listen to the show, (laughs) you know we're dog people because dogs have kind of become characters on the show as it is. Uh, Jojo's down there in the corner. Just chill AF. <laughs> um, so yeah, our Chelsea knows you're, you're in our thoughts. We love you guys and we hope
1: the, uh, the new dog. Well, that's, I was going to say there yeah. is, there's, there's, as is sad as it is to see Allie go, um, slight silver lining. Uh, the wife did help them in procuring a new puppy, um, named Brody. So, yes.
0: Jay is the biggest Jaws fan in the world. And he told me Dog's name. I
1: was like, you didn't name it Hoagie? (laughs) He's like, I couldn't... couldn't He he also tried for Shinsuke, uh, Omega, uh, Okada, (laughs) and um, I I believe he also tried Naito, but it it wasn't... uh yeah, was, he wasn't going to yeah. get the, get any of those. So Brody's good. Uh, it's got Jaws cred. It's got Mallrats cred. So, yep. you know, it's okay. I and think he's as adorable. As much as
0: I love way. Mallrats,
1: the Jaws cred supersedes. Fair enough. Uh, he is adorable, by the way. Yeah. We 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 became really good friends on Sunday. Yeah. Me and Brody, are are we're buds. Yeah. Anyway. Good times.
0: All right, so Jay sent in some questions. Um, <sighs> okay. Okay. I mean, obviously, with the loss, sometimes you kind of go to a dark place, and maybe that's where Jay was when he wrote this first question. Okay. Carl and Drew. Hi. You are in the unenviable position of being in a human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. You've unfortunately drawn the middle. Oh, uh, yeah. It's- who's your front and who's your back from the worlds of comic book literature? Wow. There's...
1: Can I, I? Can we just not broach this one? <laughs> you want to just kind of punt? Um, I don't advocate punting, but in this case, yeah,
0: we're gonna go ahead and punt. Jay, I think just um, shows family friendly. Uh, Folks, if you, if you yeah. don't know what a human centipede is, don't look it up. You'll well, now now they're it. going to. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Kids, don't look it up.
1: Oh my god! So yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna. We're going to take a flyer on this one. I'm going to assume he wrote that in some, some dark moments. He, the, go Pet Brody. Come back with another question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drew.
0: Yes. On a scale of one to six and a quarter stars. Yeah. Okay. How hard have you G1 climaxed this year with <laughs> New Japan? Uh, At what point do you think you get the E out?
1: I see what he did there on so many levels. Um, I, I, now, Jay watched every match of the G1, basically. He's a lunatic. That's a lot of matches. That's a month-long tournament, okay? Yeah. So I, if if that is the bar, six and a quarter stars, Jay is at the bar. So I'm like at like a three, because I only watched a few matches. But my enjoyment of those matches certainly is in the six and a quarter star range. But but again, I can't possibly claim that because I didn't watch nearly enough. But but as with anything New Japan, um every time I watch it, I just find my my care and interest in WWE fading away. It's like, oh yeah, it's cute. They think they have a wrestling show. <laughs> it's just not even it's not even fair. It's just not even fair. And and WWE fans, they're like, if I could equate it to comics fans, I, honest, honestly, like, they are the Marvel zombies or the DC kids, or pick your Not side, all of them. Pick your side, though. They're the ones with their fingers in their ears, versus la, 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 la. no, it can't possibly be good. It's from that other company, like Sight Unseen. But then when talent comes over, like a writer, let's say let's say a writer's doing a bang up job on a book over there. And they come over. When they come over, they're like, oh, well, then, well, he had a great run over on, at, at this book over at DC, so he's got credibility. Did you read it? Well, no. Well, you know, they love... It's, 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 I, it's, I
0: understand what you're saying, and I, I definitely think there's something to that, but I've got the puzzled look on my face because one can argue that you're kind of like that with DC Comics.
1: What's, what's at the top of my pile right now? Oh, you found a copy. A DC copy right there. the Mr. Miracle number one. Okay. It's really good. And when was the last DC book you bought? Uh, I'd have to think
0: about it. <laughs> there we go. There. I is. do
1: read Future Quest every, every uh, issue, though, because I like the Hanna- Hanna-Barbera stuff and Space Ghost and whatnot. Uh, I do like DC stuff on occasion when it's good. I just don't generally go to it as my go-to. I don't, to be fair, I don't go to Marvel anymore either as my go-to. So. No, I know. I know, but you did read the Mr. Miracle. Yes, it is good. It is good. Um, I'm, I'm curious, curious to see where, where it's a copy. I'll, I'll give you a little scoop later. Um, anyway, yeah, the Marvel, the, the WWE people are just like a sight unseen. No, I can't possibly be as good. It's not WWE. It's like, <laughs> oh, you unenlightened soul. <laughs> so it's not necessarily the WWE fan
0: per se. It's just people who are unwilling to explore the possibility that there's something better.
1: Yeah, and I think the majority of WWE fans are like that. Like The company, just the way the company projects itself and has for years, they don't want you to think that anything else is out there or could ever be on the level of WWE. And and as a business, no one is on the level. But as a product, which is all I really am interested in, guess what? You're you're Budweiser. I'm over here drinking craft (laughs) IPA. So quick question, just
0: follow up. Um, If tomorrow, yes, McMahon stepped down, Triple H took
1: over, I'd be very, very curious as to what is going to actually change. Would you say cautiously optimistic? (sighs) Cautiously optimistic is a good way to put it.
0: All righty. There you go. So Jay's question for me. If you could play Allen at one board game at any time you see fit, knowing he can't win... Which game would you choose to torture him at? I
1: was going to say, so it's just kind of a whenever you feel like poking the bear. Yeah. I mean, Alan is a, is a very talented
0: board game player and has never... He's going to Gen Con. He's, he's going Gen Con tomorrow. Yep. Um, <sighs> hmm. Gut reaction is blood rage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only because the level of frustration Alan has with that game is high. Um, I'm trying to think of our stuff we played. Yeah, I think probably Blood Rage. All right. Because you can spend a lot of time building something up in Blood Rage and just the right counter play can take it all away.
1: What you kind of need is like a little mini version of it so that you can just like at any moment just be like, Alan, Blood Blood Rage. Put the board down and like, you have to play. Yep. Go. So, yeah.
0: All right. All right. There you go. Jay, thank you very much for your questions. We definitely appreciate it. Now, uh, we've got some... We're still kind of in that (laughs) post-Comic-Con news drought.
1: Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. What Uh, do you got?
0: We've got some news. All right, hit me up. We've got some news. Okay, so uh, first off, just kind of going with a lot of what we were talking about, uh, it's been reported... By numerous sources, uh, Ric Rick is in bad shape. Rick is in bad shape. And yes. say what you will about WWE and whatnot. Rick Flair is well he transcends.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we no one really knows what it is.
0: I hear reports that say medically induced
1: coma. Uh that well he's out of cancer. that. Cancer. That I don't know what that is. Um he yeah, he went in over the weekend and it was supposed to be air quotes routine. Next thing you know, we're getting the thoughts and prayers tweets. Yeah. And, thoughts and prayers uh, tweets are never no. good. Um, and uh, I guess um, he was for a day or so in a medically induced coma. And then the news came out either yesterday, late yesterday or it might have been today that he's out of surgery. He had surgery of some yeah. kind. And he's out of that and he's recovering. Yeah. Good. Yes, I don't know what the ailment was, um, but, you know, hopefully he recovers. Uh, Rick, I mean, 68. So, yeah, as a wrestler and especially Ric Flair, that's a hard 68. Ric Flair is wrestling.
0: Yeah, more so than any other wrestler has ever been. He kind of wrote the book both good and bad. He embraces both. He's he's a legend to be revered for the career he's had, but he, at the same time, he's also a cautionary tale for kind of how not to do certain
1: things. Um, well, Rick partied hard, yeah, and he got divorced a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <And, laughs>
0: and uh he, he was very we're not saying he got divorced a lot folks but his lawyer eventually gave him a stamp card saying he's <laughs> filled this up your next one's your, free
1: <laughs> your 10th one is free kinda and he's not very good with money um so that's unfortunate but you know what that's his personal life and that's that's you know like you said cautionary but when you think of pro wrestling rick flair is like legend so yeah. i'm not we're not i'm not going to give him the 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 eulogy right now, but no, no, no. Ric Flair is a legend, and I hope he pulls through because Rick is—he's Ric Flair, man. What more Flair. can you say? His shoes cost more than your house, <laughs> folks. All just go on promo, YouTube,
0: man. watch Ric Flair promos. Oh, you're, you're never boring. Treat.
1: Nope. And then you can watch. Uh, uh If you really want a mind trip, you can watch the the black. That no, wasn't Black but Cheeseball at the time. He was he was just he was just uh, Jay Lethal. He used to be Black Machismo, who was Jay Lethal doing a Macho Man impersonation, and he was really good at it. Yeah. He had to stop doing that. So then he comes out one day, and Flair's in the ring. This is in, in TNA, which is a garbage promotion, but whatever. Uh, they, they needed money. Flair needed money, which is why he went there. Yeah. So Flair's in the ring, cutting a promo, and then here comes Jay Lethal, in a suit, looking like all Rick Flair. <laughs> he, do, he does the strut. Yeah. And then he cuts a promo on Flair, doing the Flair voice, and if you close your eyes, you don't know who's talking. <laughs> it's epic. It is epic.
0: I'm going to say this really quick. I think you're going to agree with two of them. You're not going to agree with their top oh. three promo cutters Ooh. of all-time professional wrestling. Ooh. Ric Flair. Okay. Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> you're 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 adorable. <laughs> no. <It's> just, uh, <laughs> that magic moment when the
1: cocaine kicked in, he took you places. I, you remember, he took me, me on a me, journey. Remember what you said about cautionary tales? Yeah, no, I know, I know. The Rock is is if those are you know if you're gonna have a top three that's fine but like the Rock is in a class of his own he's kind of like yeah he's kind of like chairman emeritus <laughs> you would put nobody him, could cut a promo like the Rock anymore. you'd put him above Ric Flair yeah actually wow I love Rick but the, the Rock is like when he gets when the Rock's on the mic it's like you, you're in for a good time <laughs> all right so yeah definitely hope
0: uh, Flair pulls through so I can make a good president. <laughs> maybe not oh the rock yes uh, oh i yes, thought you were talking yes. about rick flair no <laughs>
1: hey c- rick couldn't be worse but vice, vice president vice F- president i'm pulling for austin rock austin 2020 <laughs> i'm in
0: okay so it was announced earlier this week that robert kirkman's skybound studios ah, yes. has signed a first look deal with amazon now this is not an exclusive deal a first look deal is essentially Amazon has a deal with Robert Kirkman that anything he creates and wants to option for like a series or a movie, Amazon gets first crack at.
1: This is rather interesting because, unlike, well, actually, hang on. Let me let's back and up. There's also like a sub story to this, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's back up for real quick because this is kind of on the heels of Malar World getting yeah. bought out by Netflix. Um, oh, actually, you know what? Uh, did you listen to Hollywood Babylon today? Dude. Everyone I know has ever called him Mark Millar. I'm sure I I did. If the man himself says it's Miller... I think he's screwing with people, but... All right. Okay. I don't know. What do I know? So, the weird thing about Millar World is that, like... Well, not weird, but... Millar World is is largely tied up in other studios, most of the material. So, like, what did Netflix really get? And Mark Millar is going to keep writing new books, and... You know, he does that. He's kind of an IP machine. Like I said, when you're just doing kind of, you know, loose scripts and loose uh, uh, ideas, you can do that. Here's my pitch. Four issues. Go. Okay. That's, that's underselling. But anyway, kind of the same deal, in my opinion, with, uh, with this uh, Skybound information or with Amazon. Because Skybound doesn't produce a whole lot of content. There's Invincible. There's The Walking Dead. There's Outcast, which which was didn't that get Outcast that,
0: is on Cinemax. It's on
1: Cinemax, right? Yeah. And I mean, well, this that's is, kind of it. So this deal
0: is more predicated around future potential ah, than current well that, gotcha. because it's a first look deal. So it's not for anything that's in existence now. That's curious. It's then. for anything that he may create. They get. They get first crack. They at get it. the first crack. Like, he can't shop it to anyone else. He has to shop it to Amazon first. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they can, like, if, from what I understand how first look deals work, if they choose not to do it, he can Take shop it around to other places. Sure.
1: Um, that's interesting. Um, and I guess timing wise, that's really interesting because Invincible's wrapping up in the next little while, um, much to my sadness. Uh, but. I guess Kirkman's going to need to be doing some new work soon. Yeah, so, I mean he's not quite as prolific as Mark Millar. Like he's 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 basically had his big two books for a long time, and that's really been
0: it. Well, and um, like I don't know how Outcast is doing. It's still going, which I'm I don't sure, know. I, like I read the first couple issues of the book, and it just kind of wasn't for me. Yeah, likewise. Um, I mean, hold on that first issue because you never know. Yeah, yeah. Television yeah. Show. <laughs> um. It He he knows what works, and he does what works, and he does it well. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. So I'll be interested to see, because it also came out this week that Robert Kirkman and AMC are not really buddy-buddy anymore. No, he's, he's Their suing Their lawyers
1: them. may be buddy-buddy, but they are not. Yeah, he's one of the producers that is suing AMC for profits over The Walking Dead. Um. AMC despite producing very high quality content. Yeah. Um again, uh, I I will go on record and say it again, Breaking Bad's the greatest show I've ever watched in my life and uh Better Call Saul is right there with it. I love them both dearly. Television after watching that there is no going back to like network TV. You just you, it's like New Japan. Yeah. WWE. It's kind of like that. But they are notoriously cheap. cheap. Cheap's the word. The second season of "The Walking Dead," despite the first season being a smash hit, they they cut the budget on it. like they operate under the kind of that's, here do more with
0: less. That's actually commonplace across all networks. That's yeah, see when, usually when you have a successful show.:
1: Thats see, when you have success, you want to give it more, not less. But hey, what do I know? So anyway, I guess there's yeah, there's some uh I don't know the legal details of it, but basically Kirkman and other producers are saying AMC shortchanged them significantly on profits from The Walking Dead.
0: And this is coming up just as I believe it's Frank Darabont. Oh yeah, he's part of it too. His well, no, his suit is just about to wrap up. They yeah. haven't like had a decision yet, but this is these are separate separate suits. Um, yes. so yeah, it'll be inter- interesting to see what comes down the pipe from Amazon and Netflix in the next couple of years.
1: years as far yeah. as
0: comic content. Um, so yeah, there was that. And, uh, this week we remember a king. Ah, it's, it's hard because there are few people in their perspective fields where the term legend is not enough. Uh, This week would have been Jack Kirby's 100th birthday. Um, I see that both Marvel and DC are celebrating with, you know, Mm -hmm. varying covers and one-off books and things like that as well. They should. Uh, Jack Kirby, kids, if you didn't know. (laughs) You're about to know. uh, Is... Just as responsible for the Marvel Universe in its infancy as Stanley was. Yes.
1: I, Stan, I, I know some people who like to give him 100% of the credit. No, Stan's, Stan was the voice and the personality yeah. behind Marvel. But if you think about what you saw in Marvel Comics, Jack Kirby was responsible for it. Yeah. Spider Man's costume. Iron Man. Yeah,
0: Spider-Man was a uh, Steve Ditko. Uh,
1: yeah, you hang on. You know what? You are correct. Kirby but made some suggestions. Kirby made suggestions, and ge- the first issue cover was drawn. Amazing or Amazing fantasy? fantasy? Fantasy 15 was okay. Jack Kirby cover. Yeah. Not Steve Ditko. The
0: criminal's face gives
1: it away. Yeah. Uh, d- when you see a Jack Kirby piece, you immediately know it's a Jack Kirby piece. Yes. H- We should run down the road. The X-Men. Fantastic Four, obviously. Uh, Co-creator of Captain America. OG, yes. An OG creator of Captain America. Stan Lee was not a co-creator of Captain America. Yeah, it was Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. That's correct. Um, Thor. I I mean, the list is long. Yeah, and distinguished. That's right. He, the Hulk. My God, the Hulk. Yeah. His art style was so unique and vivid and exciting that that's the key word kirby could put excitement into anything yeah. he drew like it just flew off the page he he created a visual
0: language yes that yes. was he is one of the few artists from the civil age, civil age silver silver age <laughs> yes that if he was around saying decide to get back in the comics, could still oh, totally. perform in comics. Because a lot of the artists from back then, like, if you go back and look at their work and some of them have like done special one off issues and things like that. They can't can't like I love John Romita. Yeah. Love John Romita. He's done some guest work on Spider Man the recent couple of years and it's good. Yeah. But it's not up to modern standards. Jack Kirby, Neil Adams, um, there are few few artists from that time who could still perform today. But Jack Kirby, just on his style,
1: just even if he lost a step, you wouldn't even know it yeah. because his it, it, it's so unique and vibrant that it just it, it's it's like you said it's a language unto itself to the point where he was drawing so many books at Marvel in the sixties um, when they got their That he 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 invented the Marvel House style. Yeah, like Stan and the editors told other artists draw it more like Jack, like because that that's what that's what Marvel became known for was that style, that visual. Galactus, the Surfer, like like
0: you could look at a machine and say and easily say oh that's a that's a Kirby yep machine. You could look at energy. (laughs) energy. Kirby dots. I'd say that's that's Kirby energy. Yeah. And like he he left his stamp mostly on the cosmic. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. Because not only did he do work with Marvel. He also did work with DC. He,
1: he created sure the did. new gods. The new gods. Orion, Darkseid, uh, Big Barda, Mr. Miracle, who is yeah. a, Mr. Miracle is a quintessential Kirby costume. Yeah. Um... The uh,
0: New Genesis Apocalypse, all that. Uh, Commandy, Commandi, the last shot, last, chi- yeah, last, last boy, last boy. Which uh, I mean, <laughs> granted, is DC just
1: cashing in on Planet of the Apes fame at the time? Maybe, but but still, people have a lot of people revere that book. Though a lot of people oh, yeah. love that book. The the, that, the cover is very iconic too,
0: and and not for nothing,
1: our favorite phrase in the show. Yeah,
0: you. <laughs> it's it's not the hardest back issue to find. No, you can you can track down runs of uh, commandy fairly easily. Etrigan, the demon Etrigan, mm-hmm. was Kirby. Um, gone, gone, the form of man. Behold the demon Black Etrigan.
1: The Black Racer. All those characters. Let's, cool visuals. Let's not talk about the Black Racer. Nobody's, I like the skis. nobody's perfect. I like the skis. No, stop.
0: Stop. They're fun. Nobody's perfect. They're fun. Nobody's perfect.
1: I like it. <laughs>
0: It's not a surfboard, but I'll take it. Yeah. Yes, folks. Jack Kirby's personification of death was a dude flying through the skies on skis. Complete with the, the hand picks and whatnot.
1: <laughs> I'll take it. I don't care. Sure. I'll take it. I don't care. Shut up. I love it.
0: Uh, what, God, what else? Like, just...
1: Yeah. Um, Legend. Legend. Legendary. Legendary. A titan. A king, if you will. A king. Jack but, the King Kirby. But,
0: and with artists from this time, nine times out of ten, there is a but. Uh Uh-oh. Was not barely compensated.
1: No, he was not. For his work.
0: Most were not. Yeah. And he passed away, I believe, 19... Mid-90s. Yeah, Um, mid-90s. And was by no means living... He's not in the lap of luxury.
1: No, he doesn't have the modern Stan Lee money. Yeah. But few do. Um, Had he lived, I think, to see this golden age we're in, I think he would have been compensated. Oh, yeah. um, Handsomely. But, uh, yeah, the business of comics was uh, notoriously shady for a long, long time. What? Yeah, well, yeah, well, Well. It's better now. As much as
0: I love the characters of Marvel and DC, I will never agree with how those companies choose to do business. It's better than it used to be, but that's... Is it really, though? It is. Because it's better than it used to be. Yes, they pay creators, but they also don't allow creators to create. When's the last time is you it, saw like a new character really take off at either one of them? It's, it's, yeah, I know. It's a different time now, though. Um, you know what it was? You know what it probably was? Probably Harley Quinn. Um, that's and she's celebrating her 25th
1: deadpool anniversary deadpool deadpool and that's yeah these are they're older now but um again different time it, they're now owned by major corporations you're i i just don't see those corporations are all about the bottom line and yeah. new stuff knowing to they're going to have to compensate someone for that new stuff, it, they're going to be a little less likely to cut that check or a little less yeah. likely to want the new stuff.
0: That's unfortunate. So it so is. we just keep but modding the old stuff.
1: Where I say that it's better now than it used to be, at least now there is options for creators to create yes. their own stuff yes. and get paid for it handsomely. you, Image Comics. That's right. We are in the creator-owned era, man, and yep. um, those are my favorite books every month. So Jack Kirby probably would have thrived in this environment. Uh-huh. But alas we'll never yeah. know but
0: so hundreds. happy birthday to jack the king kirby would have yes. been 100 um his influence
1: will never leave us no it his mark on comics is is forever forever yeah all right oh
0: a quick quick news story i heard yeah one podcast i listened to uh and this kind of goes along with things we've talked about prior on the show with comics as a as a medium that's, you know, living. Uh, comic sales were down 30% last month. Now, from what I understand, comic sales traditionally do dip during the summertime. Kids are out of school. They're outside. They're doing our stuff. They're not. There's that logic. But at the same time, that's a much larger dip than they're accustomed to.
1: Well, let's look at this. It's 2017. Kids play Minecraft. They don't necessarily read comics. And adults who read comics, who are, I mean, let's be honest, the comic shop clientele is mostly adults. Yeah. We don't last forever. The kids who were there who were brought in by the adults who used to be kids. who Exactly. Yeah. We don't last forever. There's a shelf life on a human. Yeah. And there's a shelf life on how much you're going to put into your hobby as well. Yep. And everyone's got a breaking point, And I think between Marvel and DC, each company's been kind of daring each other to find out what that breaking point is, yeah. be, be it price increase, be it event fatigue, reboots, um, controversial stories, yada, yada. I, it's been a rough, it's, it's, it's been a rough year. Yeah. I think, I think the main,
0: the main problem that's hurting comic sales is that comics are no longer, and you alluded to this when you said they're not in the shops anymore. Comics are no longer where kids are. No, but then again, I don't know where kids are discover comics
1: uh in my case
0: spinnerax. yes 7-eleven store Yep, grocery store yep corner store comics aren't there anymore when kids because it's simple mom has to run an errand she brings the kid kid finds a comic yep goes from there mom buys you know the the kid one comic and it starts from there comics need to be visible 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 and where kids are
1: yeah um i agree with you there um We've been saying people people been saying that for years, years. Yeah, I mean, I love comic shops to death. You know, comic shops are great, but in the, in a way though, they're part of the problem. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, it's a it's a double edged sword. The
0: the it can be an intimidating environment if you're just trying to check it out for the first time. Certain shops can be welcoming. Some aren't. Some shops can be less than welcoming. But again, they
1: identify that you're not how do the initiated. You, how do you know that you want to you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I get what you're it's saying. It's not in your face. It's not, you yeah. can't just pick it up off the racket when he's at the gas station or whatever and put it down and, or buy it. He has to, it's a whole willing thing to go to the shop, to go into the shop, etc. So yeah, they got, you're right. Comics need to be visible. Comics wherever. need to be where kids are. Yes, Just
0: that and drop the price.
1: Yeah, go back. That'd be go nice. back
0: to newsprint. <gasps> we don't need. I don't need premium paper. I mi- I actually I miss newsprint. You know, you go back to newsprint,
1: you could probably knock a buck off a comic minimum. Radical idea. Follow me here. Okay. Remember when comics used to have newsstand edition and comic shop edition usually demarcated by the the uh barcode barcode versus the spider-man head in the corner (laughs) well why don't we do that again like except you know this time the newsstand edition is on newsprint and the regular shop edition for people like me who like the premium paper and all that stuff can get it in the comic shop what's wrong with that yeah I mean, print costs are going to go up, I guess. I, I think print some costs will go ca- down. Because some being counterfeit. Well. If you're going to say, okay, we're going to take half our run. Of because now we, you're splitting inventory for the shot. You know what I mean? Like Now you're creating demand. Well. You're, it's a, it's you're a, creating demand among it's a risk. Uh, it's a risk. the
0: collectors and then meeting the needs of the casuals.
1: Yeah. Well, we don't know what that casual market is yet.
0: Well, you it gotta, doesn't really exist. It takes some growing pains to let it find itself again
1: how many companies do you know that are going to invest in print media oh, in 2017 well there you go I yeah. mean no, I, I, I hear you man it's yeah. it's it's I will always read comics in a, visi- in a physical format digital to me just is not the answer um, to me I, again I've said it before I'll say it again I love the idea I love the idea of a magical device that I can just read my comics on and not have to have 20 long boxes that I'm eventually yeah. going to have to do something with and um, but I I just like having it in my hand. I like turning pages. I like looking at artwork printed on a page. Um, yep. There's something intimate about it. Same thing with music, man. Like I, you know, I, it's convenient as hell to stream music or to have it digitally on your phone. But when I sit down with like a record and I have the artwork in my hand and I'm like looking at it and it just just the tactile, just having it, I immediately somehow more invested in it. I can't explain it. I just am. I'm 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 I am engaging with this media. Yeah. More so than I would if it were just on a screen, you know. I don't get what you're saying. Um, but that's me. To a younger generation, it's a whole different thing and yeah. I I can't speak for them. So, but I'm with you. Comics need to be where kids are and um prices need to come down cuz kids obviously aren't going to pay 5 bucks a book. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice. It would be nice if to work within, you know, the allowance Kids still get allowances, right? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. I, I'm, I'm out of the loop, man. I don't know what's going well, on.
0: My kid will get an allowance. He's going to have to work for there it. There you
1: go. Not Responsibility. Going
0: to get it. All right, folks. Uh, this is the last week before Defenders starts. It is. Uh, Defenders premieres this coming Friday. Sure so does. So our next episode will be episode one of the Defenders. Uh, it's going to be interesting because this will be the first uh, first season we do kind of as it's coming out, so it should be. Although, like we weren't too far behind with Luke Cage, but uh, yeah, this is going to be like fresh out of the oven. We're going to be getting defenders. So, that being said, we're going to have a retro comic review for you. Right now, we're going to discuss uh, Kevin Smith's. Seminal run on Daredevil, the story arc Guardian Devil. Seminal. Now, seminal.
1: I, I think, I think that's for him. Yeah, I guess so. He completed this one. That's true. <laughs> Unlike the target. CR our interview and, with Kevin Smith. And for what it meant with the character and
0: Marvel as a whole, with the whole Marvel Knights thing. Um, but that being said, if because this story spoils a lot of what they may be potentially going into at some point with a lot of the characters in the television show.
1: Yeah. you, Matt, mad, you're, Karen, Foggy. You're brave to want to review this on the show.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that may be happening in future episodes of the show. So if you do not want that stuff spoiled for the show, if you don't read the comics and just to enjoy the show, that's fine. But if you don't want any of that spoiled, we highly recommend. We don't even know if they're going to
1: do this stuff in the show. Yeah,
0: we we don't know for sure. They better. <laughs> it's it's freaking awesome. Well, um, we'll see. So we're just giving
1: you fair warning. If yeah, they're, they're, yeah, tread lightly, tread carefully, friends. If you don't want to hear about some potential developments that may or may not happen on Daredevil the TV show, um, you know. You you've been warned. You can been come, warned. come back next week. We'll talk defenders. Um yeah. So, having said that, Carl, spoiler gate is closed. There you had your warning. So, shut it off now or forever hold your peace. So, Guardian for, Devil. Guardian
0: Devil, before we dive into the book itself, let's do a little background on it. This was the first um first title in the radical of con- the, the then radical concept Marvel Knights line. I think we've discussed this a couple times on before, essentially Joe Quesada was given a handful of characters from the Marvel bench and basically given free reign.
1: Yes, this was a dark time for Marvel um, and comics in general. This is late 90s, 90s. early 2000s. Late 90s specifically in this case. Um, So let's take you back to the late 90s real quick. So late 90s, um, we had the comics boom and then we had the very, very, very rapid bust. And uh, it was bad. Bad stuff happened. Uh, Marvel and DC were in a bad way. Marvel especially was near bankruptcy. Um, the whole medium almost died out. Yeah, it was It was dark. The comic shops themselves were closing up, and they were becoming Magic the Gathering stores, essentially. Yeah. That really bummed me out. Yeah. Um, so the 90s were kind of kind of crazy. Now, Kevin Smith. A lot of people hear the name now and they think like, oh, that guy in the hockey jersey or you know, he's not even that he makes bad movies. He makes movies for people who like his movies. Yes. And for himself, which is the most important. If you're an artist, you got to please yourself yeah. first. And he's lucky enough to be able to do what he wants and and that, that you know, you may or may not like the result, but that's what he wants to do and that's what he does. Um but he's also a really sweetheart of a guy, we know um yeah. in the nineties, though he was really on the ascent to be Hollywood royalty, yeah, uh clerks was an indie hit, it's still a movie that's very near and dear to me. He found a voice for a generation that didn't have a voice yet exactly. he was the John Hughes of his generation, yes, um. And so he was pegged along with Tarantino and and Robert Rodriguez as like the new breed of filmmaker. Yeah. And um, those other guys kind of took a different path than Kevin Smith yeah. did. But Kevin Smith had Hollywood credibility in a big bad way. Um, Clerks, like I said, indie hit, had buzz. Mallrats bombed. Uh, but then came um, Chasing Amy. Yep. And that got a lot of attention at the time. And it was very. It was. It's it's weird now watching it because it's kind of yeah, like an, mm, didn't quite age as well but no. but but at the time I don't know man the, ni- the late 90s were a different time and we were really uh, as a society movies didn't sound like that and subjects yeah. like that weren't broached and you know he was a, he was a very edgy filmmaker yep had a lot of buzz so, getting him to write a comic book—the guy, you know, the guy who clearly loved comics, based on stuff you heard in in Mallrats, especially Brody Bruce and whatnot—this guy's came over to the medium and said, "Okay, I'm gonna." Joe Quesada, you know, asked, and Kevin Smith agreed to do it, and he was t- terrified to do it as well because he didn't want to fail. Um, so that and the, the the shadow of of Daredevil looms kind of large because he's kind of a uh, you know. Not so much at this time, though. Uh, we're, we're way that, past that, that, Miller. But the thing is, that Miller shadow,
0: Miller casts a long shadow, man. He does cast a long shadow, but at this time, if there's no character to cast the shadow. Because Daredevil at this time is a low B-tier character. Yeah. You can almost argue high C-tier. Sure. Because, um, yes, he does have a series, but it's not...
1: It wasn't no one's a, paying attention. No, it wasn't a blockbuster, but his following is very loyal. Yeah, see, see me for instance. Yeah. I, I'll always love Daredevil. It's just, it's just one of those things that, like, it might not be selling a million copies, but that fan base really loves it. So it's it's and good work is done on it. Yeah, and he wanted to live up to that. And this was his first uh, dalliance into comics, and it was a big get for Marvel. It put a lot of eyes on Marvel, and um, it put a lot of eyes on. Daredevil, obviously, and, and, and like I said before, it was a smash hit. It yeah, it was a smash was, hit. When they announced that,
0: you know, it was kind of a, you know, cheers and then what announcement? Because then you hear Kevin Smith's coming to Marvel. Yes, and at the time, it was the question was going to be: Is he going to write Spider-Man or X-Men? Because those were because th- those things, are the only things that are yeah. like doing anything for Marvel at the point. like no he's gonna write daredevil and that was what piqued a lot of interest because not what you would expect to happen but sure enough we got the first daredevil story i ever read Hmm. of the daredevil stories i've read i would definitely put it in top five uh just a really great story and a story that not only shows how amazing, first off, how amazing of an artist Joe Quesada is. Yeah,
1: yeah. The That, art that this struck, book that struck me reading it again this week. Top shelf. And not only that, Premium not only... Premium good. It's not just top shelf, but it's also, um, it's you know, you uh, to be honest with you, comics don't look like that anymore.
0: No, they don't. They really don't. They don't. I mean, especially... The comics like, have changed a lot. Like, I know that your, like, your favorite run on Daredevil, the Bendis... Bendis Malieve. Malieve. Yeah, those are it, my, that's my, my jam. That's a great art style, and I really like what, um, what uh, Ron Garney's been doing sure. on Daredevil and sure. his run.
1: See our interview with Ron Garney? Yeah. Um, I just really wish Daredevil looked like this again. See, I like I like the darker, grittier style, but what I mean, though, overall, and I'm not a, just this Daredevil. This is like a polished dark. Fair enough. I just think overall... Um, not specific to Daredevil, comic books in general to me don't look like this anymore. No. You don't see the kind of, page, at least I don't, in the books I'm reading, I don't see page layouts done like this. I don't see contrast done like this. Yeah. I don't see Joe Quesada style stuff being done anymore. Um, the the medium's kind of gotten away from it. And I know every era has its its kind of hallmarks, I guess, but like, it was really refreshing in a way. Good and bad. I mean, some some of it doesn't age quite as well, but it just struck me like, wow, this looks so different than comics you see today. But you know what? A lot of that is, believe it or not, um, a lot of it is coloring. Modern coloring yeah. is done in a much different way, and this book was kind of in a, at a turning point in coloring. Um, computer yeah. coloring was, it was, it Come started, in, it started in the nineties, yeah. but it started to really take hold in this around this time, um, to get us where we are today. Modern coloring definitely has a way of changing the way comic books look, and it, more so than a pencil style or an ink style. Colors have really um, affected how things are done. But like I said, page layouts and stuff, though, you don't see this kind of yeah. stuff done anymore. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Coming from
0: someone who hadn't read Daredevil previously before reading this, it's very new reader friendly without pandering to a new reader. It is. You get the feel of this character's world and the beats of this world and some of this character's history without, like, the, like, back in the, when it was, when a character need like, how many times did Spider-Man... Go over the origin of Venom in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever he would show up. Well, in the just 80s, in
1: case someone didn't know. In the 70s and the 80s, Stan would always say every comic is someone's first comic. Which is true. At the time, yes.
0: And this is their way of doing it better.
1: Yes. Because, um, like,
0: I didn't know a ton of Daredevil's history, and
1: this gave me a lot of his history without. Without beating you over the head with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It was more implied, and you could figure it out based on what was presented to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um I will also say reading this um I have critiques but I'm, t- I'm just oh, talking yeah. overall no, no story is perfect no I'm just talking uh, in general right now overall comics today versus comics back then um this is and this is there should be no surprise um to be, to be, being a Kevin Smith comic lots of words very wordy like I if you think Ben's It's not Claremont wordy no but there's just a lot of a lot of thought not thought balloons, but the yeah. narration boxes. Lots of that letters, um, but like a lot of Kevin Smith's dialogue, it flows really well. It does. Some it's of it's uh, like, better than
0: others. I'm I'm never getting bored reading this because of you
1: know. No, 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 definitely not. But uh, I find a lot of modern comics. It, you, it, they're sparse with words. Actually, um, it's usually dialogue only. Not a lot of narration. Never, you rarely, if ever, see thought balloons anymore. Um, but the, this had just a lot of words. Very wordy. But again, Kevin Smith. <laughs> the man can uh, spin a yarn. So, so like, story-wise, where do you want to start with this? Because there's so much here.
0: This was a 12-issue arc? Uh, I no, I don't
1: think so. It looks more like to be 6 to 10 at the most. Uh, uh, one, 1 through 8. There you go. 8-ish. See? Right in the middle there. Um, well, what is the story, Carl? I mean, you want to just do some general overview and then we can get to the General overview of the it? story is that Matt
0: is kind of, he's at one of those oh so many crossroads. He comes to, he's kind of in a dark place where his faith is kind of rattling. He's not quite sure what he's doing anymore. Um, he has, and Nelson and Murdoch is running and running well from everything I can tell. Yep. All of a sudden, randomly, this woman shows up and dumps a baby on his doorstep.
1: She does, and Matt's also uh, lamenting that he is no longer with Karen.
0: Yes, Karen is
1: gone gone. out of
0: the picture. Uh, The baby is... The way the woman is talking about the baby is that there's something supernatural about this child. Allegedly a virgin birth. Yeah. Allegedly. So that's pretty much... The first issue in a nutshell. Second issue we have a very familiar face to the to the Marvel Cinematic Universe fans. Uh, Black Widow
1: shows up. Black Widow does show up, and we get again the backstory with her and Matt, because uh like we've said, Matt um Matt Matt's been around the block a few times. Yes.
0: Black Widow and Matt have had a relationship. I believe that was established in Frank Miller's run. Um so Black Widow thinks this is essentially just a booty call. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Matt just wants her to watch the baby while he goes and investigates.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there's some light Kevin Smithisms yeah. in some of this. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll carry on with, with, the, with the overall story overview. Then, then I'll get into my kind of more specific takes on certain things. Um. Basically, the, the story is about Matt investigating this baby. Yeah. And why is it so important? And why are now? Because then that that old guy comes to see him in his office yeah. and says, "I know you are a possession of a child," implicating that he knows that he's Daredevil. Yeah. And you're gonna give it. You're gonna give us the baby. The baby is. It's in uh, your interest. It's in your interest to give us the baby. The baby is the basically the harbinger of doom. The Antichrist. Yes. They say he's literally the Antichrist. Now, Matt, being a man of faith, buys this, or at least contemplates it. Um, but it's not totally his fault because he was drugged into hallucinating. Yes, that this could be a, a, a real antichrist child to and the point where he fight. He spends a whole issue fighting Black Widow violently. Not,
0: not so much a whole issue. There's definitely a confrontation on a rooftop because Matt is hallucinating and is. His perception is so skewed to a point where he starts to believe the baby is the antichrist and yeah, yeah. seeks
1: to kill it, so he drops it off a roof. The thing is, though, you don't know that Matt has been drugged when this is all yeah. going on, so I guess I'm getting right into my, some of my critiques. Man, that issue was hard to read. I'm like, why is Matt acting insane? Which, um, which was that two or three? Uh, whichever one where he's like thinking that he has to kill the baby, <laughs> and then he fights the Black Widow over it when she realizes yeah, it that he's a lunatic. Her yeah, that whole issue was like... Whoa! Wait a minute. There better be an explanation for this. Yeah, um, and then there was.
0: So we have a great. In the next issue, we have a really fantastic scene with
1: Doctor Strange. We do, and he, you know, Doctor Strange sets him right. So there's there's nothing supernatural about this child. Well, but he also summons Dormammu. No, I'm Meph- sorry, Mephisto, Mephisto. Mephisto, your buddy Mephisto. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, there's just a lot going on. There's this whole Sacred Order thing that is investigating the child. Matt's trying to poke into them. Um, Matt ends up getting kind of jacked up, and he ends up in the company of his mother. Yeah. Spoilers. We said spoilers, right? We did say spoilers. Well, for those of you who don't know, Matt's mom, when she left old Batlin' Jack, yep. she joined the, the, the convent. She went to the nunnery. Um, So Matt ends up there, and... Uh, he has and to kind of regain his faith a little bit.
0: In the meantime, the the old gentleman who first approached Matt has hired himself someone to procure the child. That being none other than Matt's uh, arch arch nemesis. You can arch say nemesis B. We've discussed this before. We kind of put Kingpin one and one A and one B. One
1: A, yeah, one and one A, really. Bulls, um, bullseye. Yeah, bullseye gets hired. Bullseye is hired to, you know, reclaim the child. Yes. Then we get the whole Doctor Strange thing with the, with uh, Mephisto. And, and just what you think, just in an ultimate uh, example of when it rains, it pours. Karen shows back up. Karen reenters Matt's life in the midst of all this. Yes. And she is bearing some bad news. Yes. She has AIDS. Again. So, folks. 90s.
0: Remember some of the things we've kind of skirted around when we were talking about uh, Karen's background in the television show. Uh, Karen was a porn star. Not at among first. Among
1: other things. she Hang on. Back up because people are going to yeah. hear it and go like, wait a minute. She was with Nelson and Murdoch. She kind of fell on some hard times where she got into drugs and whatnot. Yeah. Left Matt, left New York City, went west, got into the adult film biz and in the midst of that, cleaned herself up. And uh, well, actually, let me think. Well, she, if I'm not mistaken, didn't that didn't that rear its head in Born Again? Yes, because she sold
0: Matt hmm. to Fisk. That's right. She told Fisk who Daredevil is.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, that was way back when. Yeah. This is later, and apparently Karen had a successful career as a radio host. Yeah. In California. Yep. Here she comes back to Matt and reveals that she has AIDS. How Matt's first instinct was, I gotta go get checked out, I don't know, but that never seems to come up in this story, really.
0: Yeah.
1: That was what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> dude, Matt, go... Forget Doctor Strange. Go go see Reed or something. Oh, get a blood test, buddy. Doctor. Okay. He's... I mean, doctor. <laughs> <The> air quotes. <laughs> um, so... Matt's dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then that same sacred order goes to see Karen and says, go get the baby for Matt. Remember? Yeah. And then we've got the the guy,
0: the huge guy. He's got a jacked up angel. Claims to be an angel.
1: Yeah. Uh, a,
0: lot of, a lot of stuff is... Here's what's interesting. like you, what After you finish the story and you go back and look at it again, you really see the genius of how Kevin Smith was setting up the reveal at the end. Which we're going to get to. He's poking at all of Matt's weak points.
1: Faith, Karen, um, insecurity. Now here's something fascinating. I don't know if these two things are related or not. This story came out in 1990, it started in 98. Yes. And it went until about 99, 2000-ish. Um, Dogma came out in 99. Isn't that kind of interesting?
0: Yeah, I mean, you could definitely kind of... Given the theme? You look at this and you look at Dogma, you can see kind of where Smith was in his creative life. Very interesting. Both very uh,
1: reflective on, on Catholic upbringing. He's,
0: yeah, he's had strict Catholic upbringing,
1: so... Just, I, thought that was, I thought that was kind yeah. of interesting. No, it's definitely a point to be made. Um, so basically what Matt uncovers is that there's someone behind all of this. The kid is not the Antichrist. Matt has been drugged. The Sacred Order guy is in on it. Yeah. Um, what's going on? What yeah. is happening? And I think uh,
0: we reach the, the pinnacle of the when the roller coaster is going up the track. Uh, right before the deep plunge in the church. When he fights, he fights Bullseye. Fights Bullseye. And in the process of the fight, uh,
1: Bullseye kills Karen. There's your big spoiler, folks. Yeah. yeah. Karen is killed by Bullseye. Yep. And I know this is comics and everyone comes back. This was written in... Girlfriends um, tend not to come back. Unless yeah, uh, they were heroes themselves. Yeah, you can Google women women in refrigerators, folks. It's a thing. Um, so Karen's dead, and she's remained dead. Yeah, which is as it should be. Yes, especially given, as a, as a reader of Daredevil after this, it basically informs everything that happens after this. Yeah. Just so you know.
0: Just in the same way that uh, the death of Gwen Stacy affected Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, Matt's life after this um doesn't get better and things go really crazy really quickly. And uh it's not just I mean. <sighs> let's let's finish the, the recap and then I'll kinda address some of my concerns about this book. Yeah. So kills her, but Matt's incapacitated and he's got he's been shot. Bullseye shot him through the shoulder. Um so Matt can't go after him at the in the moment. Yeah. Bullseye gets away with the baby, and Matt has to go find him. find Find the baby. Now Matt's obviously going through basically hell. His love of his life essentially is dead. Yeah, you see the lots the of funeral, flashbacks. The funeral. The funeral for Karen. He can't even speak. That's a great scene, by the way. And I think that 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 is that scene is carried, uh, extremely well, just by the the artwork. Yeah. Um, where is it? It's, it's actually after the fight? I think of...
0: Yeah, now it think is. about It's, it, it's later
1: on. on. But, yeah, Cressada's artwork uh, in that funeral scene just is, is spot on. Matt's face is just... It sells everything, really. Yeah. Um, but in the immediate aftermath of, of, of Karen's death, Matt f- has to go and solve the mystery and find out who's been screwing with his life. And our old buddy Turk... Turk is uh kind of the key to it all. Your buddy not mine. He uh he he interrogates Kirk, Turk and says, "You know something about a baby and an order and yada yeah. yada." And Turk kind of reveals that people have been asking about yeah. Matt and about Daredevil and well, Turk doesn't know Daredevil's Matt, but Yeah. Matt puts it together and figures out where he's got to go. He knows all it comes back to the old guy who wanted the baby in the first place. Exactly. So Matt shows up, and suddenly it's a battle between Matt and the hand. What? What? But, but
0: we're no, no. Yeah, rest assured right away. Be in, in, a, in a amazing. It's a piece of dialogue that always stuck out to me. Like Matt's thinking to himself, "It really was the hand. I never would have heard them coming."
1: Right. He hears them all. And he notices they all smell of cheap liquor and cheaper drugs, and so they're hired goons. Yeah, but someone knows Matt fights the hand. Yes. Um. Then the angel shows up again. Then to the guide angel Matt. shows up again, and and he's still spouting off biblical nonsense. Yeah. While they're fighting some of these goons, right? More goons. And goons, goons, goons. Matt realizes this guy's full of it too. Yeah. Knocks him out. He's got, like, also circuitry and whatnot. It's a guy in a suit. Yeah. Man in suit. Yep. Godzilla style. Then we find out who was really behind it all. And this... I'm going to leave this to you, I think. Because you know my affection for this character. I do.
0: Kevin Smith, in this story, not only elevated a hero from B-class status, he also elevated a villain from A-class status. From B class status, or from B class status, probably, yeah, probably C class status. And not only did he do that, but he also worked that into the story. <laughs> yes, he did it in an amazing way. The villain, the guy behind all of this, is none other than Spider-Man villain Mysterio. Mysterio, Old not Ray Mysterio, Fishbowl Head. Oh, when I first saw this, I flipped out.
1: Did you not know? No, I didn't know. Uh, okay, okay.
0: I like, I, I flipped, when I picked up the trade, I flipped through the first couple of pages. I was like, all right, this is enough. I've heard great things about this. Oh my God, this is so awesome. Because <coughs> not only was this like a villainous plot to destroy a hero, it was so much more than that. It was, in a way, Mysterio's own way of justifying his life. Cause we find out that for those of you who know, uh, Mysterio always shows up in a cloud of smoke because he's mysterious. That's <laughs> uh, the name. The smoke is used to conceal his illusions or help in, or aid in projecting them. And it also has the property of dissolving Spider-Man's webbing, uh, most times depicted almost instantaneously. So Mysterio is, uh, mostly always been a spider-man villain um he's kind of fallen on hard times he's He's, got he's gonna die he's in jail and he finds out that he has cancer this mist that he has used um has given him cancer Mm -hmm. and he gets out of jail and vows to do something to kind of justify his life At the same time, going on in the Spider-Man universe, Ah, we are in the aftermath of the Clone Saga. So the current Spider-Man swinging around New York City right now is not the Peter Parker we've known and love. It's Ben Riley, the clone. Mysterio kind of eyeballs this. He notices that this is not the Spider-Man he has fought for so many years, but he still wants to do something to justify himself, then he remembers
1: Daredevil. Well, he picks Daredevil out because Daredevil is kind of a B-lister. Yeah.
0: Like he views himself on the same level, level of Daredevil. Yeah, um, and then he goes to Wilson Fisk, who himself has fallen on hard times, does not have the power he once had, and Mysterio can buy himself a meeting for considerably less than it used to be in the past, and. Mysterio says he wants to defeat Daredevil by driving him crazy, and that was something that appealed to Fisk, so Fisk gave Mysterio everything, Mm -hmm. and so cue the plot, villain monologuing, uh, The the hallucinations, the drugging, everything. So they get to a room where the baby is and let's see. the baby has 20 minutes to live, 20 minutes to live. He's in like a case or something, but yeah. Matt, Matt peeks that says, it, knows it's not true. Um, he takes the baby out of the case and turns around to find Mysterio pointing a gun at him. Matt already knows that there are no bullets in that gun that are going to be coming his way. Mysterio flips the gun around and blows his own head off. Yep. So we think. Oh? Oh Mysterio came back. Oh later. Okay. Well, I mean, of all comics. Of all the comic deaths and whatnot, this one probably everything's illusion with Mysterio. True. So do I think it probably would have been better had they just let this be the end of the character? Probably. Yeah. Um, same way with Craven, who got better. (laughs) They all do. Yeah. Um, so Matt rescues the baby, uh, Mysterio has killed himself.
1: We get uh, Karen's funeral. We get
0: Karen's funeral. But then we have,
1: uh, Spidey.
0: Yeah. And Matt. Spidey shows up and just kind of like, he needs to find out what happens to Mysterio. He needs to kind of close that book. And Matt's like at a point where he's ready to kind of give up. Yes. Just kind of quit. And Spider-Man just says, you know, at the end of the day, you saved that baby. Yeah. It's that's, not, it's not that, pointless. That's, you, that's, that's you do, something. You, yes. You did and good. And Daredevil's like, no, that's everything. Sure. So there's a, there a, couple, a couple things here we kind of uh, omitted just for time purposes. The whole uh, C-plot with Foggy and...
1: Yeah, I didn't like that. No, yeah. Let me get into some critique. so let me get the, the good stuff out of the way. I love it's a great story. Well done, well told. Um and uh it put Daredevil back on the map, it put Marvel yeah. back on the map. Um My <clears throat> kind of quirks with it are this the foggy subplot I didn't care for because apparently he cheats on his 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 squeeze with someone yeah, Foggy was actually dating Liz Allen at the
0: time. Yeah, this is very heavily Spider-Man influenced stuff because Liz Allen was the ex-wife of uh, Harry Osborn. At no, least these, these inter- 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 intertwining elements. Who here. was the son of Norman Osborn? Both uh-huh. of which were the Green Goblin. Um, Liz Allen also a high school girlfriend of Flash Thompson. Oh, look at that! Look at this! Look at a, this! A you know a bullying jock. Would you uh, not? Oh, stop. When he is depicted as an homecoming.
1: Modern interpretation, he's, man. He's not a smarmy rich kid. That's hey, that's a modern bully. Um So I feel like um the elements I don't care for really, the treatment of Karen, I don't care for. Now, Kevin Smith does a great job of establishing their relationship and establishing Karen's arc. Kind of her redemption arc in a way. Yeah. But she's really just here to be fodder for Matt. I don't know. Does the story lose something if she doesn't die? Um. It, 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 again, like I said, they, they really, to great effect, let this influence the next X, like 10 years of Daredevil's character and story arcs in the comics. Um, but, Karen again she's she, first first she gets AIDS then she dies that's what she's there for kind of
0: you think that that's just a little you could have had other better stories to tell of her living with the condition
1: and them trying to she have never a relationship even had it. she never condition. even had it it was mysterious. oh yeah that's right that's right but we don't know that until the end yeah so as a reader it's like god you, you bring her back she has AIDS and then you kill her I mean talk about kind of harsh right so i feel like the treatment of karen is a little is a little harsh in this book um again google women in refrigerators and you'll kind of see what i'm talking about um and uh just some of the uh dialogue is is, is very a little on the nose here and there uh, those are my, those are ultimately my only real critiques with it just they they're kind of of their time. Um, Nine, they're very nineties critiques. I would say, A not very fleshed out female character that is only there to die in service of furthering the hero's story. Th- and some of the some of the dialogue gets a little nineties esque cringe.
0: I think if you take the story just like as it's on its own, yes, and don't if if you're like, see, this is where our perspectives differ you having read Daredevil leading up to this, me being this being my first Daredevil story, um, I think if you know the history of Matt and Karen, her death is much more poignant. It is. I mean, I still recognize the poignancy of her death in this story, even though it's my first Daredevil story, because having come from Spider-Man, understanding that kind of relationship that a character can have, her death was still, to me, it it fit within the, the structure of the story. It does.
1: It does. But I mean... like
0: It's almost like if you think about it, in the situation that she was in in church, if, if Bullseye is who he's built up to be and no one dies in that encounter, then you've kind of stripped everything
1: you've given Bullseye as a threat. It was kind of accidental, though, as he says. Yeah, like she jumped in front of... And as he says, oh, I missed... Totally cold-hearted, by the way. Yeah. For, for Bullseye, he write. I do like the way Kevin Smith writes. Writes Bullseye. He's cold-hearted and, and calculated, and it's, it's pretty spot-on. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. And then the whole my only okay one 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 other complaint. I promised, and I'm I'm done. Uh, Mister, they talk for a long time. Well, it's a classic villain monologue. He's, man. Oh, he monologues, man. You've got. I mean, <laughs> that's. I've got no problem with that. I guess, but it's, I have that whole Austin Power scene in my head where <laughs> Scott's just like, have got a gun. What are you feeding him? Just kill him." <laughs> I got a gun in my room. We'll we'll shoot them together. It'll be fun. I, I've got no problem with this classic villain monologuing. All right, that's fair. But uh, no, it's a great story though. Um, the artwork is fantastic. What a team! I'd love to see these guys kind of maybe rekindle oh. it someday on a on a mini series or something like that. Um, And like I said, it put Daredevil and Marvel back on the map. It really saved Marvel's behind um, in a a lot of ways. The mainstream attention and the sales of this book kind of got the ball rolling. It definitely got the ball rolling for Joe Quesada. It gave him a whole lot more clout to do more stuff. And that whole Marvel Knights line, dude, like that was outselling everything else Marvel was doing at the time. Not named X-Men. Or Spider Man. Uh, might even do Actually, murder. no. Spider Man was. It was even on Sound Spider Man. That was post Clone Saga. S- Things were yeah, like a little, yeah. little murky. <laughs> um, so, Marvel Knights was really like a successful brand. And eventually, like kind of like the Ultimate line, the elements of that bled into the regular Marvel universe to the point where the, the line itself didn't make sense anymore. So, they just kind of, you know, yeah. there. But, saved Marvel. And. Kevin Smith's comic book writing career, on top of his Hollywood career, was born, and uh, here we are. And Daredevil, uh, as we know him, his run on come before his run on Green Arrow. I think so. Yes. Yeah. This was his first dalliance at the comics. Did you ever read his Green Arrow? I did not. It's really good. Okay. And he had to. He was. He had to bring him back from the dead, didn't he? Yep. That's that's a tough task. Um. We have the Daredevil TV show today. Because of this, because this book, yes. because this run put Daredevil back on the map. Yes. And then the Marvel Knights uh, series with Bendis and Maliv and David Mack. Uh, yeah. I, I should recognize him too. And then Baker and uh, 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 Michael Lark as well, post-Bendis, have kept Daredevil on the map.
0: And there's even a lot of Daredevil iconography in the film from this
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. well there no, yeah there is because it was a very the it was a very hot run crouching by the cross all that stuff the yep. shot at the end sure
0: which not for nothing almost makes the entire movie worth it
1: kind of <laughs> uh i own the statue um you do and the fact that it's tucked away somewhere i know i know i know i know i know i gotta get it out of the box i know it's it's it's, it's gorgeous it's a joe quesada statue yeah based on a cover from this book or yeah. from this arc. I love it. It's it's gorgeous. I love it to death. Um, I love Daredevil. This is a great Daredevil story. Uh, check it out. And if you do like it, I would recommend just stick with this volume of Daredevil. Uh, ride it right through the Bendis run, right through the Brubaker run. You might want to take pump the brakes once the, the uh, Andy Diggle run comes in, but, you know, it's okay. It gets better. <laughs> but, this this was the start of a daredevil renaissance that we uh, that we uh, are very grateful for because it got us to the show, which got you to this podcast. Yeah,
0: there you go. So that being said, folks, um, thank you for indulging us. I know we started kind of heavy on the show, but some stuff needed to be said. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you listening to us and coming back to us each week. Um, please, by all means, tell your friends about the show, tweet about the show, share our new episode posts. If you'd like to send us any questions, comments, suggestions, etc., you can reach us at Twitter at devils pod. You can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod. You can go to the devils pod at gmail.com or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the dot
1: Any uh,
0: any parting thoughts?
1: Like you said earlier, be excellent to each other, yes. please, please. Thank you. Thanks. So, Heather, your memory.